and welcome to the Any Given Thursday podcast. With you as always is Max, David, and for the second time only, a special guest, Mr. Adam Lowe. Adam, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. We're here to talk about quite possibly the greatest match ever played, ever, in any sport. <laughs> it's the World Cup Final 2022. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where Argentina defeated Holders France... 3-3, 4-2 on penalties. Leo Messi finally completed his arc in club and international football. He has won his first World Cup. Argentina's third ever World Cup, first since Maradona, led them to the title in 1986. And now it's back home in South America, in Argentina. Congratulations to Argentina. I think we we're all rooting for them. It's right off the bat. Because fuck France. We in this make, household, yeah. In this make household, our we do not France. support France. We make our feelings about France very clear on this podcast. Except for Teo. Um, <laughs> I'll just read out a couple of the stats here. Argentina is favored in the XG, 3.34 to 2.24. But non-penalty XG tells even more of a story. 2.51 for Argentina to 0.44 for France. This is according to FOTMOB. Maybe dipped slightly different on other sites. France had a zero XG in the first half and no shots. Not just not shots on target, no shots That's at typically all. how you get a zero XG, so that does make sense. No shots at all. They do finish with 10 shots and five on target to Argentina's 20 and 10. Uh, possession favors Argentina just. Hugo Uris had to make seven saves during the match, but was unable to make one in the penalty shootout. Emmy Martinez three. comes in the clutch. Um, yeah, you want to you wanna go through the lineup really quick? We're going to go into serious detail here because there's only one game. Yes. And it was the final. Yeah, so Argentina, they lined up in kind of between a 4-4-2, 4-3-3 as an avid football manager player. I think we can put it as a 4-3-1-2 asymmetric. Goddamn right it was. With a uh, flat back line, so Molina and Taliafico as your fullbacks. They're probably a fullback on defend for football manager. Romero and Otamendi or at least support. as center backs. I, even that yeah. seems impressive. Maybe Molina might have been on support. Mm-hmm. Taliafico definitely. Definitely on the defend, defend, yeah. Your midfield, you had Enzo Fernandez, you had Alexis McAllister, and you had Rodrigo DePaul. McAllister definitely. The usual Dalla suspects. Getting forward. DePaul Carrillo going out wide, and Enzo, deep line playmaker, maybe. <laughs> Probably deep line playmaker on defend. I feel like their whole midfield is like. Yes. Yeah, they can all tackle. They can all put in a challenge. They can yeah. all make a run forward. Yeah, there were plenty of times, McAllister in particular, but Enzo would pop up forward. DePaul yeah. would pop up centrally. Enzo and McAllister had excellent, excellent games on the ball. Mm-hmm. DePaul had an excellent game off the ball. We'll yeah. talk more about the midfield later. And you had Di Maria as like kind of a left winger, but also left mid. He really good today, I thought, getting he to the sideline. Yeah, and he tracked back, but mm-hmm. he, and he gave lots of width. Yeah. He was all he was up and down wide. He was only out there for about sixty minutes, but it was a good sixty what minutes. What a sixty for him. minutes it yeah. was. And then you had Julian Alvarez as kind of a traditional striker and Messi off to his right, not really a right winger, <laughs> yeah. kind of like shadow strikery just off to the side. They sort of played Playmaker, a roaming playmaker. Yeah, they sort of front. played a rotational right wing position. Uh, uh, the whole team today yes. took turns mm-hmm. being on the right flank, but no one actually playing the position. Yeah. And then France, they went with what they have done pretty much the whole tournament. Indeed. 4-2-3-1 with Lloris in goal, obviously. Teo at left back. Upamecano back from his illness at center back next to Varane. And then Jules Koundé as uh, a right back that's not really a right back, but basically a third center back. 
You had Rabio and Shulmany in your midfield, Griezmann as a 10, Mbappe on the left, Giroud central, and Dembele on the right. But that didn't last super long, which I think we'll get to as we go through the game. Indeed. Some of the changes France made early on. Yeah. Well, let's go through the ticker here. Let's see what happened. Yeah. Messi. Messi, Messi. He opens the scoring in the 23rd minute to give Argentina the 1-0 advantage. In the 21st minute, it's a switch from Alvarez out to Di Maria on the left. Dembele is hopelessly caught out of position there. Uh, he hustles back to the end line to defend, but it's a bit frantic, and Di Maria makes a little nifty move past him into the box. And then he, excuse me, uh, what, who was I talking about? Dembele nicks, nicks him from behind. Um, it's a little bit soft. I've seen arguments on Twitter that it's not a pen. Yeah. But he puts himself in a really bad position. He does. Di Maria definitely starts going down before yeah. the contact is there, but I don't think you can argue that Dembele doesn't get a bit of him. And you just can't be right on a player's back like that. It's going to get called. Di Maria's 34, 35. He's going to know to go down there, and he's going to know that he's going to draw a penalty. Mm-hmm. Also, you can't get that far out of position and have to go running over to a player like Di Maria down at the byline. You know he's going to get by Dembele. Yeah. It was just... Awful from there. And I think I think it was uh, Kunde as well was out there. And he... He I comes to support late. Yeah, just a little naive, I think, to trust Dembele to go out there and do that when you see how out of position he is. And I think Kunde should have just tried to assert himself more in that position and been like, you know, communicated Dembele, you take my role. I'm going to go step out to cover Di Maria so he can't get into the box or put a cross in there. Uh so if Dembele is in the right position to begin with, it probably just lands out. He probably shuttles it out of bounds for, mm-hmm. a, for a kick, for a goal kick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he didn't track back at all. It was no. way out of position. Way too central. Way Ball too watching. Mm-hmm. Even Mbappe tracks back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, Messi finishes calmly. He wouldn't be the last player to finish a penalty today. <laughs> then, Dreamland for Argentina. It's it's a double. It's two 0 Di Maria, thirty six minute. This time it, it's a it's a counter attack from the Argentines. Uba Macano has the ball up on the left sideline, going into Argentine territory. Julian Alvarez's press forces a turnover. Then the ball finds finds Messi near midfield. He flicks on sexily to a charging McAllister, who who goes flying into the French half with the ball. Suddenly, France is caught out, and Varane is the only one covering. Uh, and McAllister slides across the box to Di Maria, who's made that run on the other side. And McAllister's ball is perfect. Di Maria's finish is perfect. Of all people, it's Angel Di Maria. We didn't see it coming. He's put Argentina in absolute dreamland. This was a weird goal, too, because it's France. Their back line does not push forward like that very often. I mean, Kunde had pushed forward. Teo, you kind of expect it because it's Teo. Uh, but, you know, Upamakano and is pushing forward with the ball. Varane is the only one back, which is really rare for yeah. France to leave their defense exposed like that. Upamakano is very good at, at pushing the ball up the pitch like that, so mm-hmm. it's not surprising to see him in that position every night, but there's no rotation in the back line to provide extra cover. Yeah, and I should also say it's really smart pressing from Alvarez because he recognizes that, I think, that the that Upamakano um, is out of position, mm-hmm. so it, it's, it's a really well-timed like decision to go put pressure on him and turn him over. Clever from yeah. the youngster. And I'm not sure who Upamakano is looking for on I that pass because he kind of puts it right between both Teo and I believe Rabio was the other player. I think it ends up with, was it Molina? Yeah, Molina. It's right and then Molina plays it into Messi? Yeah. And it's just, it's a bad pass by Upamakano, which the center back, you can forgive that, but they're just caught 
Yeah, that's five. And great job by McAllister. Great job by. It's a great run. We saw McAllister popping up in those attacking positions Mm -hmm. from the eight position, like all all match and all World Cup really. Mm -hmm. Um, He had a really good tournament. Yeah. So the the Argentine domination leads Deschamps to make a huge call before the first half is over. The forty first minute, he brings on Taram for Olivier Giroud, David's sexy boy. And Adam's formerly former sexy boy, still sexy, but no longer sexy, your boy, no longer boy. your sexy boy. Yeah. Uh, and then we made a good swap deal there yeah. for ninety nine million dollars and yeah. Giroud for the car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then also Kolomwani, who we haven't seen much of in this tournament for for the shame Dusmane Dembele, Kolomwani, who did make uh who did score in the semifinal against Morocco, but it was a really late cameo and it was like basically his only touch. And it was all it was because with of his first touch yeah. of the tournament. And he pretty much didn't have it. No, he played in the in the uh Tunisia. I did game. He, okay. I'd yeah, that game. nobody else in none of the starters yeah. played for France. Yeah, he played in that. I don't recall seeing him much before that. I mean, if not a late substitute. Mm-hmm. So for him to come out in the forty first minute you know, I wasn't shocked that Dembele would come off, but you'd think, since his, given it the performance, but you'd think end of the first half is typical, right? Especially at the 41st minute, since you only have three windows now. Mm-hmm. I thought they might hold off because halftime doesn't count as a window. That's true. So I'm a little surprised, but I also... He also made use of the window, at least, by making two substitutions. Yeah, and I respect, you know, the kind of cojones to say, you know what, this wasn't working. Our initial plan didn't work. We have to make changes. And I think that's what you're getting with the Giroud sub, and that we saw Giroud means... come off like in the 60th or something against Morocco, right? Mm-hmm. Just to yep. change up the point of attack and the pace up front. Yeah, and because when but Giroud's both of them out there, at the same time surprised me. When Giroud's out there on the front, he is like trying to draw the defense back. He's trying to engage with Griezmann and then give room for Mbappe and room for Dembele to go to the bylines. But then that's when you're moving them uh, Mbappe centrally, right? This allows Kulamwani and Taram. They're going to try to get the fullbacks to engage with them. So Mbappe's just running fast and pushing the rest of the line back and trying to create space that way. Because Argentina just weren't fighting on Giroud today when he was trying to get the ball. And they couldn't get any deliveries, any service into him, really. Yeah. I do want to say that Giroud was the only player on France pressing at all. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think a single other player recorded an attempted press. But that's not really a thing. Like, they're happy to sit back and not... Like, Argentina was definitely... Pushing up more than I expected and being more aggressive. Yeah. But uh, France just wasn't really engaging at all. Like, even it, but, but the, the passivity was, like, yeah. really shocking from them. It's something we'll talk about later. Um, but, yeah, you wonder, it's, it, whenever somebody comes out that early, it feels like kind of like a statement and stuff. I don't think Deschamps was doing that. I think it was more not with, like... Not with Giroud. I think it was more like a was. desperation thing. Yeah. But I feel like Griezmann should have been... Maybe the better substitution. I think mm-hmm. Deschamps was like hoping that he would make some sort of impact later on, mm-hmm. but then continued to make no impact through the 70th minute before he got subbed out. Yeah, and I yeah. think you should have kept on Giroud because there were definitely some like set piece opportunities mm-hmm. for having one extra height person. Yeah, yeah. There was one right at the end of the first line where it's a set piece from a wider spot, and they they have tall center backs, but they're not used to making those runs and staying right. on side in the way that a player like Giroud who does it every single time there's a set piece and practices it all the time. Like, I know Argentina did not cover that set piece well, too. Yeah. Um, but Giroud seemed like a guy who could have gotten the end of there and maybe made a difference in that way. But yeah, the Dembele sub, if you're already using that window to take out Giroud, like, that makes sense. Dembele was, he was bad. just awful. 
Yeah. Um, Drew, I didn't think... Interesting to see Kolomwane instead of, like, someone like Kingsley Coman, who would have been, like, the first thing I would have thought of on the right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But, I wonder if that's, like, a position in things. Like, Coman plays the same way Dembele does. Like, Coman's mm-hmm. going to stay a little wider. He's going to be super fast. But you already have Mbappe in the middle to move the back line. So, Coman doesn't really offer that. He just offers the same thing Mbappe does. Was Taram not playing through the center? No, Mbappe was. Okay. Taram was playing on the left. Yeah. Similar to how he did with uh-huh. Morocco, where he's a little further back than Mbappe right. was when he's on the left. So, Yeah, anyway, these subs didn't seem like like they were making a ton of difference until they suddenly did later, mm-hmm. which we'll get to. Halftime. Little break. <laughs> Performance. Okay, 64th minute. Argentina makes their first substitution. It's Acuna coming on for Di Maria. Di Maria's run his race. Made some sense to take him off, even though in hindsight, from what happens later, maybe you want him on still. Yeah. Um, Substitution. We were talking before the game when we saw Di Maria on the list. We were like, okay, I guess 60 minutes makes sense. And then it's like, because you wouldn't want to bring him on and then it goes to extra time and you're like, oh, Di Maria can't make the whole extra time. So we were like, okay, he'll play 60 minutes and then get subbed off for somebody. Yeah. I guess that exactly was what happened. probably a planned substitution. And Acuna, yeah. you're still 2 0. He's like beefy. Mm-hmm. He gets in the way. Yeah. Like, I guess it makes some sense. I'm not like a huge fan of his game. He'd be a little bit of a bulldog yeah. around there, too. Yeah. In the 71st, France uses another window. Kamavinga comes on at left back for Teo Hernandez. And still down 2 0, by the way. And mm-hmm. Kingsley Coman comes on for Griezmann. There it is. Griezmann's off. Yeah. Weird game from him. Uh, and I guess we have to rewatch parts of the game and like watch some videos to figure out why he was so uh, hapless and missing today. Mm-hmm. But just a strange, he just like couldn't couldn't make anything happen. Yeah, um, I actually think this substitution was really impactful too. I mean, Kamavinga had a great day at left back. It was an interesting sub because he's not a left back. Mm-hmm. But I also think just you had um, like a kind of tired Argentina, and I think. A, really fresh Kamavinga was able to kind of push the speed on that left and kind of control pace in a way that Teo, who's played almost every minute of the tournament leading into this game, was just not able to. Argentina did run today. a lot today. Yeah. That was one, the one downside from being as aggressive as they were early on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then I just talked to Coman played yeah. well. Was... And France gets themselves back into the game after a 79th minute penalty call. It's kind of a simple ball over the top from the back. Again, France had barely had a kick. I think they had one or two shots, one which blazed way over, like a shocking few number of chances. Mm-hmm. But uh, in this case, it was a ball over the top from the back line, the French back line. Colomwani presses Otamendi um, as the ball bounces. He's the last man back. It's It's really pretty simple. Like if Otamendi shields him, Boots it into the stands. Maybe we're talking about a 2-0 final here. That maybe they just never have that moment where they get back into the game. Um, you'd think they would push and stuff naturally at this stage, but I can't stress enough how unlikely it looked that France was going to come back in this game at this point. Except um, apparently to you, who kept saying this would be yep. such a France win if oh, they came absolutely. back. Absolutely. We all knew it was going to happen. <laughs> I absolutely knew they were going to come back. But Otamendi makes a total mess of trying to clear. Colomwani sneaks in a touch um, before Otamendi clears, and suddenly he's through on goal. Otamendi's panicking, chasing from behind. He clips him in the box. And it's a similarly soft pen to the to the one that resulted in Messi's goal in the first half. Um, but I guess if you give the first, you have to give the second. Huh? 
Yeah. I feel like it balances it out too in a way. Yeah. I think a lot of people complained about a lot of the penalties that yeah. happened in this tournament. But mm-hmm. I actually think Otamendi might have gotten off a little lucky here. Not a red? Yeah, he could have. Mm-hmm. I think it was well within the referee's purview to say you were the last defender here. I've not heard that like, talking point, but it makes sense. It makes I think sense he could have been. I, there's, um, I do not remember who it was, but there was somebody else at the top of the box mm-hmm. who's probably three or four steps behind, and I guess that was enough that you're like, theoretically, he could cover if Mbappe tries to like cut back inside. Uh-huh. That pathway's closed, but I yeah, think that's I would have made it's a little... A little lucky. It would have been a really harsh last man. Like, yep. you know, I mentioned the Tamori red card in the Champions League. I was like, I felt like this was a very similar type of foul. So it's like soft to call pen. It would have been a really, really soft last man call. But mm-hmm. we've seen those kind of calls before. I feel like they're hesitant to call a last man call when it's inside the box. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, like you don't want to be outside of the box. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially with the stage, you know. Can you imagine if if it if it ended up costing Argentina the game because Otamendi gets a red and then they come back and win? Dude, that poor ref would have had to get go into witness protection. Yeah. Um, you don't want the double jeopardy because didn't that used to be a rule that like you weren't supposed to give a red card for that and a penalty? Is that thing? They moved it around and I've never like, heard of that before. Yeah, because yeah. it used to be a du- no double jeopardy for that kind of thing, and it was mm-hmm. like if you get the pen, you're supposed to just get a yellow. That doesn't really make any sense, but yeah. <laughs> okay, I, I guess. But it's an old rule. Yeah. That's why it's Well, not... it's fairly soft, but, you know, you got to give it, if you give the Argentine one, I think. Mm-hmm. Mbappe steps up. He blasts it to Emmy's right, Emmy Martinez. Emmy gets the dive right, and he gets part of his hand on it. It's not enough. Mbappe scores the pen. Hope for France. On the other side, a couple of things about this one. I think Argentina at the time of, of, of the ball over the top was pushed up like maybe unnecessarily high up the field at this particular moment. Like, and, or maybe the, it's just a matter of them. I mean, you can't say it's like they haven't adjusted to Colomani and Taram up front because they've been playing for 40 minutes. So, so it, it's just like a weird moment. And yeah, maybe the whole line is a little bit at fault. But on the other hand, if Odomendi cl- clears that like a normal person, like it, there's no danger. And I'm, I was yelling at the TV at the time and for the entire extra time because of it, because of this, but I really feel like Otamendi cost them, <laughs> almost cost them the game here, like multiple times. Mm-hmm. This was so bad for him, and it's the it's the mistake that gives them hope, which is capitalized on just a minute later. It's Kylian Mbappe makes it 2-2 dramatically. This time it's Messi who's dispossessed around the sideline at midfield. Mbappe kind of heads down like a long ball to Taram. It's just outside the box at this point. Molina has come up to challenge Mbappe at that header, but then can't track him as he cuts in behind him, um, and Taram feeds him into the box uh, on the flick. Uh, flick up into the air. Romero sort of steps up to block the pass also from Taram, but he's too late. And maybe the wrong choice there because he's now left, but they both left Mbappe free in space. Um, but Mbappe still has a lot to do. He hits it on the volley. It come, he, he waits for it to drop and hits like a brilliant volley past Emmy. Emmy gets another hand to it and can't keep it out. But this one, I think it's just too, I think he, there's too much pace on it. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think these legitimately, these goals might've been their second and third shots of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, may, I'm not sure that's true, but it's something, something like that. Um, uh, it's pretty ragged defending here from all the Argentines. Um, it's a pretty simple maneuver to get, I mean, it's great movement from Mbappe there, 
but it's kind of simple. Like he just wins a first header and then all of a sudden is in on goal on a simple one too. I mean, it, it, it looks it looks like the Argentines are, are rattled there at the back. Like something that earlier in the game they would have cleaned up. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, suddenly they're and we've seen this from Argentina a couple of times in the tournament that the blowing leads, the two 0 against the Dutch, almost against Australia, yeah, um, yeah, the one nil against Saudi Arabia, blew that one. Yeah, this they just never had time to get settled back in after yeah, they allowing hit so the fast. goal. They were looked like they were still thinking about how do we respond to this. Like, mm-hmm. Are we going to push forward and try to get a third? Are we going to sit back and see it out? Like, They never had the time to make that choice, and France pounced on yeah. all the indecision within them. Um, who took the ball from Messi? Do you remember? No, I don't. Coman. Coman. Just Coman. Coman. Yeah. Good tackle, that. Yeah, that was something. He comes from behind. Messi doesn't see him. He comes in behind gets a leg in. Yeah, because there is... I don't remember who was... I think maybe Rabiot was pressing Messi up ahead, mm-hmm. and so he doesn't feel Coman coming in from behind, but then Coman kind of sneaks in, grabs the ball, and turns and goes... Um, though I think Argentina, I feel like people are pointing out that like Messi gave up the ball on the second goal, so it's mm-hmm. inherently his fault. But right. it's from the middle of the pitch. Yeah, like they have more than ample time to like press and like. Right. And they said it's not that difficult of a thing. I mean, it's obviously more difficult when Mbappe is involved, yeah. <laughs> like defending him on a one-two. But it, it, again, it's a simple. It's a simple move that gets him yeah. free in the box, mm-hmm. like. Like Molina, I get he, he instead of going to win that first header, which he's clearly going to lose, he should be probably paying attention to what Mbappe is going to do after that. Um, mm. He's totally flat-footed; has no chance of. And and maybe he thinks Romero is picking him up instead of stepping to Taram. Yeah. Maybe he should have. I don't know. His communication is off. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. There wasn't a ton of communication in the back line. Um, there used to be a there's a really nerdy kid on my JV soccer team when I was a freshman, and uh, he never played because he was the worst ever. And but he just like liked the camaraderie, and so and every name and shame. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember his name, but it was that after every game or practice, the JV coach would be like, "So any anything anybody else wants to add um, for the group?" And he'd always be like communication <laughs> every time before it was running joke with no time it would be like would win three nil and it'd be a beat down and then you'd come to the bench and he'd be like communication you'd lose in a heartbreaking fashion and he's like what could we have done better and sam's like sam it just came out of me you see that i don't remember his last sam, name. sam i'm really sorry if you're listening to this communication podcast. no he gets kicked out of the senior lounge for vaping bastard oh, so now we don't like sam bastard we don't support vaping on this podcast. <laughs> anyway, anyway <laughs> smoke a cigarette like a man. Brought <laughs> to you by Jewel. That is to say, uh, communication. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, it looks like the French comeback, having taken two minutes, uh, puts Argentina at risk of a collapse for the ages. And it's like, it feels so Argentina and like so reminiscent of past messy things, especially in the Copa America. Uh, but they didn't even see it doesn't but anyway trouble trouble 90th minute substitution from our from argentina montiel comes on for molina that will be important later then in the 90 90th plus seventh minute our messi hits a screaming shot tipped just over the bar by Lloris. it was moving 
Definitely, and it was like kind of cutting back a little yeah, bit central. It's a good almost, save. Almost yeah. overdove it, but mm-hmm. he gets his hand on there. The classic overdive. It's a good, it's a good save, and that takes us to extra time. Yeah. Even over the last 20 minutes after France had tied the game up, they were still the dominant team. Like, France really put the pressure on the last 30 minutes. and They did. I did not think Argentina had a chance the last 30 minutes. Like, I didn't. They the looked way cooked. France were playing. They looked cooked. All that momentum. Yeah. I didn't think extra time voted well for them. Any thoughts on regular time before we move on to extra time? Let's take a breath. There weren't a lot of breaths taken during this game. It was a very stressful game to watch. Not even Messi watched, though. (laughs) Uh, Extra time. 96th minute. Substitution for Argentina. Fofana. I said Fofan. Fofana comes on for Adrian Rabio, who made it 96 minutes to our surprise. He was every time we were like, are they gonna is Trump gonna make a substitution? We're like, oh, probably for Rabio, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, he had a yellow card for so long. I know, I know. And he didn't really like he wasn't he didn't really offer much today. I um, thought he was wasn't bad by any means. Like it's no, not like we're but, gonna sit here. But and the say, mid, like, oh, I mean the whole midfield player. went yeah, missing today. Like the whole like, French midfield was yeah, they were, mm-hmm. rather weak. Yeah, nobody was yeah. present. Even their strong least, showings. At least present. until the last like twenty minutes. Right? Yeah. But yeah. Like And then um Paredes comes off in the hundred and second. For Rodrigo de Paul, who put in quite the shift. We'll get to him later. Another substitution. Third for Argentina in the first half of injury time or extra time. Leftaro comes on for Julian Alvarez. Will become important later. What a tournament for the youngster. Let's just clap him up really quick. Talk about them later. 105th plus first minute. It's a highlight. Leftaro's played through soon after coming on. Two minutes, three minutes after. He looks to be in versus Hugo Uriz. But Upamecano recovers just in time. He gets a crucial block, goes out for a corner. Will Otaro ever shake that striker's curse? <laughs> and importantly, it's Upamecano's second huge block on Lartaro in as many minutes. Yeah. Yeah, Upamecano, I thought was, he was not just, great in the first half, but no, but he was pretty game, astounding he, in the at the end of the game in yeah. last ditch chances, which we actually saw we've seen that from the French team, I think, all tournament, like in the box when when things get tough, mm-hmm. like Varane, Upamecano, and Kanate, whoever's been back there. Their last ditch, like defending, has been superb. Yeah. Was this the one that wasn't ruled a corner? Mm-hmm. That was clearly taken was off of Lautaro's. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, that was. And Lautaro's just staring at the referee, like, how yeah. could I possibly send the ball in that direction? <laughs> well, because <laughs> well, he could. Yeah, but, and then you're like, well, you're a striker for Argentina. Yeah, yeah. but this <laughs> chance, I'm pretty sure this. If, I'm pretty sure McConnor saves a goal here. Oh yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. So that takes us to the first half of extra time. We open up the second half of extra time, and who do we have? It's Lionel Messi. He has his second of the day, and it looks like he scored the go-ahead goal again. It's 3-2 Argentina. This comes from Lautaro taking a long ball down, uh, dekes it off to Messi. He combines with Enzo Fernandez. Enzo finds Lautaro running into the box. It's a nice little triangle, classic triangles. You gotta love a triangle. Lautaro takes the shot on. Right side of the box. It's well saved by Hugo High. It's a good reflex save, but it falls right to Messi, who scores just, he just about puts it beyond the line. Upamecano again has cleared it from his own net, but it's gone just about a foot over. Um, and one important key thing here is that it was actually Baran's ass that kept Lautaro Martinez onside. Yep. For the record, let the record show. If he so wasn't so, so juicy thick. He wasn't so <laughs> juicy thick, it would still be level. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great image. Go look it up. <laughs> I think we should credit... You go on this because watching it back, you know, live, you're like, oh, Altaro should have scored that, you know, because no, it's from it's kind a, of a tight angle. It is from a tight angle, and Hugo does a great job of. You can tell Altaro is 
trying to get Hugo to step forward yeah. and engage with and him. He wants so he to can put it play high, the, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he wants to. He looks like he wants to play the pass to Messi or whoever else was up there. I can't remember. Messi and Enzo, I think. Was it Enzo? Yeah, because they were the ones combining. Enzo goes goes yeah. middle. Oh, you're right. Messi goes near post. Yeah. So I think he wants to cut it back in front of goal to one of them, but because Hugo doesn't step up, and then uh, Upamakano is back there as well. He just doesn't have. The, if he gives it to one of them, Upamakano is going to step up and take the ball away. Right, he's not going to be able to get that pass in there. And he Possibly. does a great job of Possibly. staying true to him. It's like staying firmly planted in the goal and forcing Lautaro, a striker who has not been having yeah. a good time finishing this tournament, to take the shot. It's a decent effort, but yeah, Hugo should save it, and he does well. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately for him, it does fall right to Messi. Yeah, um, but it's a really nice move and one that we, the kind of thing we've seen from Argentina all day, which is like being the more progressive. Um, team the better combinations uh, the pace of play was surprising for me like we've seen Argentina themselves kind of like France previously have been maybe guilty of a little bit of slow build up and taking a while to get the engines going um, but they were at it from the from the beginning today um, 113th minute what were you saying I was going to say I think the Lautaro substitution really helped Argentina when he came on too because Energy. Alvarez, yeah, just like Alvarez, energy. Been on a Alvarez lot. had been he on. He put in a shift too. A hundred minutes, and he had a great game. But he Lautaro runs a lot, just, doesn't he? Yeah, Lautaro was able to just kind of mesh in with the players, and even though his finishing wasn't there today, yeah, which it he got him been, in good in good position. Yeah, he was linking up well with other players. He Might as well give him an the, assist for that for that goal. Holding on to the ball too, which yeah. no one on Argentina and, could yeah, do after like, the second. Like I mentioned, the, this move starts with Lautaro taking down a long ball to Messi. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's just that type of thing that they didn't have before to hold on to the ball when they wanted to clear it deep because, you know, uh, neither their strikers are very big and Di Maria was off. You had uh, Acuna, who's just not, you know... Who's guy, just, he's just Acuna, man. If he's going to hold on to the ball, it's going to be in the corner. Like, yeah, <laughs> he tried that later. Yeah. Um, so the 113th minute, France takes off an injured run for Ibrahim Kanate, and then Argentina... In the 116th, brings on Pizzella for Lexi McAllister, basically to head away <laughs> crosses. Yeah, Pizzella's great on set pieces, but it turned out that. Um, but literally that same minute. <laughs> literally that same minute. Uh, a corner, Francis throwing bodies forward. A corner falls to Mbappe at the top of the box. You can see the panic in the Argentines' eyes. They're like, oh God, he's about to rip one top corner. Two of them go flying at him. One of them is substitute Montiel, and his arm is in the air. And the shot comes off his elbow in the box. And it's another penalty. It's another one where you're like, in a in a more just footballing world, I wish that wasn't a penalty, but how can you not call that a penalty? You have to call that one. You have to call it. If it was more at his side, then like it won't help the listeners for me to like stick, stick out my chicken wings here. But if it was more like at his side, mm-hmm. but it was up, you know, yeah. up yeah. by his head. It's an unnatural position per the rule. It just sucks though, because like what a lame way to just... It almost felt like they just gifted it to France at this point. They, they gifted... Ultimately gifted them away back into the game. And they gifted them this. Like, really out of nothing. Yeah. The shot looks like it's rising and going wide. Or going high. I watched it a couple of times. Talk about gifting, though. They did, after the penalty call, cut to Emmanuel Macron. <laughs> yes. uh, sitting in the Qatari... Sheik's box. So <laughs> maybe there was loving a little it. gifting. Going he was on. loving it. Yeah. Well, Mbappe anyway sends the keeper, sends Emmy the wrong way, finishes, and it's three three in the hundred and eighteenth minute. 
it's really I don't even know what was going through your mind, Adam, at this point. I was stressed. <laughs> I was just very stressed. Sort of yeah. devastating. Well, yeah, and like they've done so much to so get much back like, into to get to dig back in and take the lead again. Yeah, and it like felt like they were like generally in control for, for again for again yeah. they felt like they're after like yeah which like isn't generally expected when you've blown a two zero lead yeah. Um, they can't so, hold the goddamn lead, baby. Yeah, so... It was their you know, fatal flaw, almost. It's not, it's not like the Colts game yesterday, where like, <laughs> we're just consistently blowing the lead. Yeah. Um, and this time, it felt like they hadn't done anything to deserve it, you know? Like, France yeah. hadn't earned it no. by putting together a nice move, like the second goal. It wasn't, like... It wasn't hard running from, like, Colomuane that, that, that caught out Otamendi before. There wasn't, like, any substance to this. It was just, like... It was just unlucky. And, like... A one in like fifty chance that that would have happened on that corner, you know. Yeah, was. That was was so frustrating for me as somebody who's wanted Messi and Argentina yeah. to win, mm-hmm. and somebody who's you know in this household, you know, felt about France. Yes. Not to reiterate again, but <laughs> <laughs> France can't have every nice thing. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it was it was ridiculous. Felt like there is no God, which there isn't, but <laughs> felt like there was no footballing God. Yeah, which of course there is. Which of course there now, is, now as we proved later. Messi. Yeah. There's Messi. In the 120th wow, the plus Maradona one minute, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Maradona eraser. In the 120 plus one minutes, France subs in Diassi for Kunde, and Argentina subs Dybala for Tagliafico, basically just for penalties. But we almost didn't make it to penalties because in the 120 plus third minute, Argentina's backline is high for some reason again, and Ubamecano sends a hopeful ball over the top. Otamendi. Again, can't match Kolomwani's pace. Again, and gets beaten to a ball. Otamendi like fl- flops hopelessly for it, diving. It. I don't know what he's doing here because like he first of all he shouldn't go to ground. He should stay on his feet. Yeah. And also, how do you get beaten from that deep a position on like it wasn't even that targeted a ball. It was just sort of like hopeful lumping. Yeah. And he totally gets it wrong again. It's terrible from him. It's terrible. I watch Almost it again. Like he's maybe not a great center. Dude, back. watch it again. Watch it again. It's so bad from him. It's almost like he's 34 and losing a bit of his pace and ability as and he it, ages. And it looked like France at that point, like I wouldn't be surprised if France was specifically targeting him with Colomani. Mm-hmm. Uh Colomani gets in behind and it falls to him on the bounce. There's no one there. And the World Cup is basically in the balance with this kid that's barely played at the national level. He's only here because because uh, Christopher Nkunku got injured in the tournament buildup and he was replaced last minute. Uh, nobody knows who he is except for people in Frankfurt. And Probably some French people yeah. know as well. Argentina's ability to hold leads has come back to haunt them. The ghost of Maradona seems to be looking down on them, punishing them cruelly for not being alive for all the coke he did. It's the ultimate choke. Wait, wait. I'm sorry. Is Maradona punishing Argentina because yes. Maradona died? Yeah, that's the that's because he's not there to with? see it. Okay, <laughs> obvious logic. <laughs> Follow. Come on, keep up. Uh, <laughs> uh, it looks like it looks like the absolutely most devastating thing to ever happen to a national team ever. But no, Emiliano Martinez saves the fucking day. Moani hits basically on the volley, technically, because it falls to him without him touching the ball. Um, it's a good shot. It's going bottom corner. Emmy is out. He stretches his left leg all the way to fucking Bahrain. It is so long. 
Such a save. That was a good geography joke. He gets thanks, man. Well, I know David appreciated it. <laughs> he gets that leg out somehow, like as far as I've ever seen a goalkeeper get a leg out. It's a Hanukkah miracle. It's a Hanukkah <laughs> miracle. He makes the save. Miracle. It's off should the we, foot. Should we bring that up with Argentina? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. I think this. I think this will probably be overlooked in history mm. in, of this game, which was so crazy. But I think this might just be the greatest save in the history of football, given mm. the stakes. It's a World Cup winning save. It's a World Cup winning save. By a keeper or by any player? Well, I just think that this is the arg- Luis, an argument. Luis Suarez. Luis yeah, Suarez. yeah. <laughs> an argument can be made this is the biggest game of all time, given the Argentina stakes, France and the repeat stuff, mm-hmm. and the all-time great conversations mm-hmm. with Messi, Mbappe, or apparent. All this shit and the way it played out and the drama, I think there's an argument to be mm-hmm. made. And therefore, if it is, it would be the most important save in the history of the sport. Yeah. I would, I would, just, I, I would agree that it's maybe the most important. But I like, I feel like there are some like like crazy goal line clearances from center backs. Yeah, mm-hmm. that would be like the greatest yeah. in terms of. Like, and also like the quality of the save, though you know, it's not true. it's not like it was true. like straight at, like it was a remark like yeah. Yeah, one in a hundred goalkeepers yeah. make that save. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. Like as good as Yuga Yuris is, he wouldn't have made that save. Yeah. But obviously, Mike Mignon would have. Mike Mignon yeah. would have made that yes. save. Obviously, made that save. Yeah, yeah. Nabr. Uh, too slow to get uh, his legs. Ochoa would have made that save every day. Absolutely, not <laughs> in the knockouts. Only in the group that. stage. Only at the World Cup. At the World Cup, though. <laughs> in the group stage, not in the <laughs> not, not in the knockouts. Not in the knockouts, and not for Club America. <laughs> so you're right. So, but literally right after that, astonishingly, another chance, another big chance at the other end. Montiel seems to be trying to make up for for his handball. He's bombing up the right flank. He puts in a cross. Latour is there, somehow open in the box, to get a header on goal to test Hugo, but he doesn't. He doesn't get around it. He heads it like remarkably wide. Yeah, it's, it's the Argentine striker curse all over again. He just can't. I, he can't the cross finish. is like slightly behind him, not enough where you're blaming the cross, right? It's still no, a good he cross. should get it on goal, but he just couldn't get his head yeah. wrapped around the back of it. And it's not like oh my god, he should score hundred percent. He should at least get that on goal. Yeah. He should get that on goal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but Jesus Christ, man, that would have been the moment of football history if yeah. you go from that save to immediately leading to that goal. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. That's yeah. The, that would have gone down in history. The, it's the yeah. best football moment. The end of that game, the last 45 minutes of regulation and extra time, the most breathless football match minutes I've ever seen played. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Astonishing. Yeah. And I've seen Tottenham come back at Ajax. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I'd seen it all yeah. at my tender age of 26. Mm-hmm. But no, that brings us to full time. We have penalties. We have penalties. Wait. We have penalties after full time? We have penalties after full time. 3-3, three, three, David. It's not just a tie? It yeah, they split go, the... It right down the middle. All these American commentators it lied to it me. It doesn't go to goalie wars. <laughs> it doesn't go to goalie wars. But if it did, Emmy would have won that, too. Emmy would have won the goalie wars. Yuri's would have had no chance in no goalie chance. wars, dude. No chance. Well, let's do the penalties. We start with Mbappe taking his third penalty on brilliant pen saver Emiliano Martinez. Mm-hmm. Ultimate shithouser. Ultimate Mr. Machismo. <laughs> and... Uh, it's his third completed pen. It's brilliant. Emmy again gets his hand to it. For the third time today, he gets his hand to it in Bappe goal. <laughs> or, and, but he can't keep it out. Um, pretty impressive to score three pens in the same match. It's pretty hard to do. Ask anyone. 
Ask Harry Kane. Even mm-hmm. two is hard. And he scored all three, yeah. which is not an easy thing to do no. at all. Mm-hmm. Um, Messi scores then, which, you know, when he steps up with France up 1-0, you're like, oh, no. Like, come on. Don't do that. Don't, mm-hmm. don't do this. Don't do the 2015-16 Copa Finals. Yeah. Don't make him miss penalties, no. for God's sake. I think it's interesting that for Argentina, but also for France on this occasion, that arguably their best their best penalty well not Argentina because Messi is not their best penalty taker but he is their top who is the penalty best penalty taker? taker that's a great question I don't, I don't know think that, anybody I don't, else is I, would, better I, than him. I actually they don't would, have a penalty special I would put team. money on Lautaro for being the best penalty taker just possibly yeah in a white and blue kit yeah yeah only in a dark blue kit yeah but he had yeah. a great penalty in the in the, the duck shootout mm-hmm. um, the ball is also a very good penalty taker that's as well um, um, but I think because, like, obviously Messi has had a history with maybe not being the best attempt. Actually, he's just bang average. Yeah, he's average. Which, but for like, Messi standards, is bad. Yeah. But, like, Mbappe, <laughs> Mbappe is definitely France's, at least on the pitch at the time, best penalty taker. Mm-hmm. But they put him first, which is usually not the strategy that... Yeah. Uh, See, I like first. Up. I think it's a good idea. Because I like I first or third. It starts a strong. Yeah, first or third. I don't like mm-hmm. risking fifth. Right, because yeah. like Neymar didn't even get a chance to take the pen yeah. in the Brazil shootout because they left him until fifth. Yeah, and so, and I get, I kind of understand the fifth thing too. Like, there's so much pressure on them. I know. Yeah, but, but so also often it doesn't, also, it doesn't even get to that. Yeah, that's not necessarily what makes a great penalty. It didn't taker. get to I mean, that today. Some of the center backs might not be your best penalty taker. They're going to have the composure to step up and put their best penalty in mm-hmm. in the fifth, even if it isn't as good as like a Neymar penalty. Yeah, so I'm all for sure putting best foot forward best penalties. Yeah, I know, agree. There before, and then you know you can have a, a guy who's maybe like got that cool calm demeanor. Yeah, and completely agree. His penalty isn't as good because yeah. he's going to be a little more. But yeah, Messi hasn't missed a pen in the knock. I think he missed one in the group stage. I think against Poland. Yeah, he missed yes. one against Poland. But he's made he's made what he had seven goals in the tournament. At least four of those were penalties. Yes. Yeah. Maybe five. He was. But he I, he was really clinical from the spot. In the last couple of matches, you know, against Croatia in regulation here and here, he seems to have finally quenched those penalty demons, squashed those demons, I should say, quenched his thirst for revenge <laughs> at the penalty gods. <laughs> he he uh, he looked really calm for someone with so much at stake, so much history at stake. He sent Hugo the wrong way, really like. Almost like frighteningly coolly, mm-hmm. just passed it into the into the middle of the net. Um, then Kingsley Coman steps up. He goes to Emiliano Martinez's right, and he's all over it. He's so far ahead of it, he saves it with his chest rather than his hands. Mm-hmm. And he's it, stoked. He's doing a little. It did go straight through his hands. It did, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It went right through the middle of his hand. He almost like over jumped it. He was yeah. so excited for it, yeah. like, so excited to get it. Yeah, he like, yeah. So good thing he was behind that, or he would have yeah. really been kicking himself. Uh, Paulo Dybala steps up second for Argentina. He's barely been on the pitch the entire tournament. Um, he's come out just for the penalties. But, but the Roman player comes good. He he finishes calmly. It's a huge moment for him after his injury problems. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially because he got injured while taking a penalty. Yeah, that's right. And so then when oh, he came back, right. he <laughs> threw a penalty and passed on it. That's so funny. So I think this was a big... You know, yeah. you kind of had to be questioning, why are you subbing on Dybala for penalties? Yeah. After looking back at the Euros, when Sancho comes on and totally misses his penalty, and then is the guy who's coming off of getting injured while taking a penalty, his confidence can't be super high around them, but he steps up and he delivers. 
Chouameni steps up third for France. Really got to score down 2-1. Emmy uh, before does a classic bit of shithousery. He uh, he has the ball. He's carrying it over to Chouameni. And then he throws it away. <laughs> Have you seen that? It's great. <laughs> he throws it away. And apparently it worked because he... Emmy gets his right again. But the $100 million man, Chouameni, puts it wide of the post. You have to wonder if part of it is he sees Emmy going down the same way. Mm-hmm. And maybe subconsciously instinctively try to put it further into side netting um puts it wide uh argentina can really taste it now paredes scores to make it 3-1 he kind of slips slightly at the spot apparently i didn't notice this live but he apparently sort of slips and he barely squeaks it under hugo who frankly should have done better with this one of all the ones this was the one it goes right underneath him um and that's like a classic, it's a difficult thing, skill for a goalkeeper to get down right to your side mm-hmm. fast. My dad used to teach me to like kick my feet out from underneath me to try to do it as like a way to remember how to get down fast. But for someone of Yuri's stature, even though he's not famously good at penalties, like he should, he should do better here. Very famously not good at yeah, penalties. Yeah, he should do better here. <laughs> Frankly, this was his chance. This was their chance, I think, to get back into the shootout. Um, Kolomwani, though, one of the heroes of the game. He scores his pen to put some pressure on Argentina. What a performance off the bench for their unlikely hero. Um, then Montiel, fittingly, the man that cost them an extra time yeah. with his with his uh, errant hand. Mm-hmm. He steps up to win it, and he does it. He sends Hugo the wrong way. Argentina have done it. They've won the World Cup. Vamos, Argentina! Jesus Christ. That is the craziest uh, match recap of all time. Yeah. <laughs> Good lord. They did it. Messi falls to the turf. Uh, you could see like Otamendi hugging him. And I was thinking, like, get away from him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is not your moment. Get away from him. You all, you, Otam- if anybody, if, if they had lost, it's because of Otamendi. He fu- if, 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 to be fair, if, Emmy Martinez saved his ass, dude. Is because of Messi. Emmy Martinez like, saved his ass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Otamendi's probably hugging Messi to thank him for yeah. one, bringing him. Yeah. I'm sure Messi was involved in the decision yeah. to bring Otamendi and starting him. Yes, yeah. over yeah. Lissandro yeah. Martinez. Well, Lissandro's pretty short. So. Yeah, so Otamendi. <laughs> He's not as short as that. Not as short. Yeah, but I mean, you can't really blame Uris for the pens. I think after he's had such a good tournament, mm-hmm. and he frankly kept kept France rolling in a couple of games, namely England and Morocco. He made a lot of saves and. Um, some good ones, but he never looked like saving a pen in that shootout. Even the one he should have saved, he never yeah. looked like saving it. Well, you can blame him a little bit for his penalty saving technique because he's now gone 29 consecutive penalties oh, yeah. without a save. Not as bad as De Gea. Uh, it's true. It's also Although De Gea did finally save a penalty, but yeah. you remember the uh, the Europa League final from two, yeah. a couple, two years ago? Mm. <laughs> or a year and a half ago, I guess. It's two consecutive penalty shootouts that Lloris has been in, in which every single opponent has scored. <laughs> yeah. So Sometimes that just... happens, but yeah, I wouldn't feel great as a Tottenham supporter if we went to penalties either. It's just not his thing. He's he just, good at other stuff. Because he, he tries to react, and he's not... Yeah. He's, he's not, not Buffon. Like, he's no. not one of the three best goalkeepers of all time. And if you're not one of the three best goalkeepers of all time, you should probably just try to guess. And he right. doesn't really have the... Yeah. The thing Kappa. is, yeah. what he's good at, though, it's interesting, because what he's good at is, like, reflex saves and sort of instinct. Mm-hmm. But he's um, slow on penalty. Yeah, but he's slow at... It's weird, right? Because he, he, he does a technique specifically that instead of, like, doing the hop into a dive, he does, like, fancy feet. He's like... 
He's like, <laughs> like he's playing American football. And yeah, he's a linebacker getting ready for the play. Like, yeah, you know, he's, he's feet chop ready. Feet chop, and, and so in. that that's how like while he might not have like as much of a reach as mm-hmm. like a taller keeper who does the hop style. Yeah, he that's part of why he's able to um, make such quick instinct saves that he's lauded for. Mm-hmm. So you think if he's going with the reflex technique or like with the get not rather than the guessing technique. Yeah, the in reacting, penalties, the reacting. That's the yeah. word. Then he would be a little quicker <laughs> to um, even on the messy one he looks like he it looks like he like has megged himself or something he's yeah. like totally gets his legs twisted mm-hmm. as he tries one, to jump left he moved early yeah he, yeah, did. he, yeah. Moved, he moved that's over. another problem yeah. messi sent him to the left and he goes jumped over to the left yeah. and then still up like he hadn't dove yet so he has to try to come back and yeah just yeah. wasn't able to get there in time yeah. but other than that one penalty that slipped underneath him from paredes like it was not he wasn't anywhere close yeah and then, um, like, Emmy is obviously a great he's a specialist, goalkeeper. Yeah. Emmy, but he guesses because he's yeah. trying to get in their head. And, you know, and I think guessing he's trying is, to read them on their run-up, but yeah. if he can't read them, he's just going to go one direction. And, and I do think guessing is game. usually the... Like, if you've done if you've done your research, mm-hmm. like like Timmy Cruel, yeah. then, <laughs> like, then that and body language should be enough, I think, to dive correctly at yeah. least half the time. If not... Well, three. I would hope... Well, you know, three out of five times at least, you yeah. should be you should be di- you should be getting a chance at a save. I think, yeah, yeah. In a, especially at moments this tense, mm-hmm. when they're calmly taken, there's nothing you can really do. But, um, but yeah, we saw well, Emmy was such a crucial part of this team, both on that save and in his two penalty shootouts, where he saved two penalty or he caused two misses both times. He only mm-hmm. saved one technically in this one, plus his usual bouts of shithousery. Um, which are too much for some people, understandably. This little, little dance, this little dance, save yeah, and... or yeah, the the miss from yeah, the miss. Sorry, um, but yeah, I, incredible. Yeah, I'm spent. Great I'm final. Salute. Nap time. <laughs> Nap time. <laughs> Just kidding. We have talking points. Yeah. David, you want to take you want to take over? Yeah, we already hit on some of these. I mean, we talked about France's early subs and just like Dembele had one of the worst games of his career. <laughs> Probably well, the well, worst game he's ever had. Not he didn't play a full game, so he played forty minutes. Yeah, but I think again, bringing it back to Griezmann, Griezmann was Gries- also Griezmann was also terrible. I don't remember Griezmann touching the ball until the second half. Yeah, yeah. Which like says Griezmann wasn't caught out of position, obviously for a, for a goal, I mean, thing that led to a goal. That's yeah. the difference. But yeah. France public was, facing wise, France had nothing that was leading to no. a chance, even not at all, mm-hmm. and that falls to Griezmann who like was served the roles the like orchestrator this yeah. whole tournament. I should have uh, it wasn't just defensively that Dembele was bad. He had seventeen touches in that time span, which mm-hmm. is not a ton for him. And he lost possession seven times. Oof uh-uh. God damn. Like it's his passing was bad, his uh-huh. dribbling was bad. He just couldn't do anything today. And I do wonder if like how much of that is because they were able to focus on him because they were just shutting Griezmann down. So they're like this is where the creativity's gonna come from. And then we can shift some focus over Dembele and, you know, puts too much pressure on him. Or if it was getting caught out of position defensively and he's now focused on, like, I don't want to commit too far forward because I'm going to keep getting caught out of position going back. It's, it's something going it on might, there. It might need a rewatch for some of that. Yeah. And like sort of tied in, yeah. specifically on him to and see what's going on. Talking points wise, tied into this point about substitutions, mm-hmm. those early substitutions is what the hell was going on in France today? Especially in the first, like, what happened to him? Yeah, I mean, there's the question about the virus that went around in the camp. It got Rabio and uh, it got Upamecano, Upamecano in the for the semi, and then it got a couple more people. 
including Kanate and was it Shulmeni maybe? Apparently also had it and Giroud. Yeah. So a bunch of people got a little sick. Part of what led to Teo's stuff because he just looked like he was slowing down in the second half, which. You, I mean, he plays almost every minute from a He doesn't slow down. Yeah, he never slows down. Foto Bellator is a backup. <laughs> yeah. He's always moved. Like, when he's healthy, he is almost, he's fit for the whole game. He can play 90 minutes two times a week if he needs to. So it's mm-hmm. a little surprising to see him slow down. So maybe that played a factor. Yeah. So but, you have to wonder what the preparation was like, I think, because mm-hmm. we haven't seen them come out this flat before. Yeah. There's also, a, maybe you can also uh, pin that, pin their sort of. I don't, I don't, I don't want to say passivity, but today it was like sometimes. I guess the what they usually do is is stay sort of compact and don't risk too much and hope to nick an early goal to protect. And today it sort of was the inverse for them. Like they maybe they came out too flat mm-hmm. and instead of like controlling the pace of the game like they like to with slash without the ball, yeah. they sort of just let Argentina sort of dominate them and then couldn't fix it. Yeah. I wouldn't mind being dominated by an argument. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <And> me? <laughs> but um, I, I also know. think, you know, Giroud as the central point, right? He's kind of taken a little target man role with France. And so you want, like we talked about, the back line needs, you're trying to get that back line, especially the center backs, to step up so that Mbappe can hit the space vacated or Dembele can hit the space vacated by one of them. And Argentina's center backs were just not following Giroud. Mm-hmm. They were letting him go there. They were like, we, it's fine. And once he's not getting, once center backs aren't being drawn to him, Mbappe doesn't have the space to run in. Dembele doesn't have space to run in. If you give it back to Griezmann, now he doesn't have the deep pass that he likes to make, right? Mm-hmm. He can't find that line splitting pass because there's four guys back there who are just mm-hmm. not, there's no space to get between them. So I think that was a big part of it. It's just Argentina's yeah, wanna, tactics yeah. were spot on defensively. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's in the first half. In yeah. the first half of the second half. Mm-hmm. And you wonder, this might have been the first uh, match of the tournament that they wished they had Benzema. <laughs> that it really affected them, I think. Because mm-hmm. yeah. Benzema, as great as Giroud is, Giroud's like, Giroud dominates the box. You know, he owns that box. Mm-hmm. And they just couldn't even get, they couldn't break into the box. Yeah. Um, so, like, they needed some, and with Griezmann not taking control of the combinations and, and progressive passing and the, in the in the attacking third, it was like they needed somebody who was dropping in and like yeah. playing with the midfielders, I think, and the and the wide forwards. I don't know. Yeah, I do think Benzema does still leave the other issue exposed though, of just Dembele and Mbappe not tracking back and yeah. not offering anything defensively. So, which we've seen exposed against Teo, like leaving Teo isolated against England and for parts against Morocco, and today with. Uh, Dembele getting caught so far out of position on Di Maria. Yeah. Like, that's a major issue for him, and it's going to be an issue as long as they have Mbappe and as long as they play him mm-hmm. as a left winger. But then so again, Giroud, he scored I mean, a hat trick of today. Yeah, so. oh, you, you keep Mbappe. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. You take that. Drop Mbappe. He was their only offense for you a while. 100% take that side effect of Mbappe. Uh-huh. But I just think the concern with Benzema, as well as like, Benzema's not going to press the way Giroud does. So you're not going to have any contribution from the front three. So it's like, I, I agree with you, it solves one issue, but it still leaves that second one open. Yep. So it's just like, how do you weigh what, yeah. which issue is more important, which one was the real cause uh-huh. of France's troubles today? It's like, Benzema could have made the difference, but it also could yeah. have been the same thing, right? Yeah. Like, it, Argentina still could have had those opportunities. Yeah, Argentina did a really good job setting 
shutting down the areas where they where France want to put in service to like Peru too. Yeah, like yeah. where Griezmann, like the goal, this, where France went up for the second time against England in that second half, where where Griezmann has the ball in like the left flank and puts in an absolute peach to Giroud yeah. um, for a header at yeah. close range. Like that yeah. was absent today, not mm-hmm. because Giroud was missing chances, but because there were none of those crosses. Yeah. Um, or combinations on the wings, in the wings, you know? Yeah. Giroud did only have 12 touches, and seven yeah. of them came from active duels. So there were totally seven times isolated, in which he yeah. got one touch on the ball. Yeah. And yeah. It was he got no service, yeah. yeah. And wasn't and able to hold up play. Yeah, he did win, like, his duels. I thought he did a really good job, especially in the air, winning the duels. But Romero isn't his strength. It, that's not Romero's strength yeah. in the air. Yeah, he wins it, but it can't go to anyone. Yeah, that's actually... The rest of the defense is still there. You would think that was actually, like, but, a matchup, like, whoever plays... In the back line for Argentina, that would be a matchup you'd favor Giroud in, um, especially especially in the box, like trying to get headers on set pieces and stuff, because Romero is not his strength, because Tagliafico is old and slow, Tagliafico, because uh, Otamendi is old and slow, and because uh, Lissandro Martinez is so devastatingly short. That, <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't really, it wasn't, didn't end up being a factor because the service never came. There were a lot of times where when Mbappe had the ball, kind of at like the corner of the box in the first. 30 to 40 minutes where I really wanted him to give it wide to Teo. Yeah. And just whip in, let Teo whip in across to try to find Giroud or Dembele, who is really good at attacking that far post. Yeah. So I thought, like, there were opportunities for things like that that they passed on because Mbappe is a confident player who wants to go and shoot, and that's mm-hmm. what he does best. And so I'm not going to fault him for doing that when he scored a hat trick. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But there were times where I thought, like, they could have worked the tactics to get those heading matchups and they actively chose not, not to. to i think also a lot of credit should be given to argentina's midfield mm-hmm. absolutely yes, yes. that's actually the next section the next section the wow. section where we give more argentina players flowers and i don't even have it. the script in front of i know me. go for <laughs> it um, do it no because i think he's a he's a pro i i think there's like opportunities to recognize like the fact that sure france didn't play well but i think that was more due to argentina mm-hmm. rather than like france having a like terrible game or something yeah. and just like misplacing every pass like i think it was it which is part of the reason why we were struggling to find figure out the formation of argentina because they were like pressing mm-hmm. in such a like not it was it was like they had a plan but it wasn't like very structured it was very like fluid pressing for my mm-hmm. opinion with like McAllister pushing up and then enzo pushing up and one dropping back mm-hmm. de paul is just like cleaning up along the right side yeah, um, indeed <laughs> he's like he had like i mean if it wasn't for like the crazy heroics of like messi and emmy martinez like depaul i think could have a like dark horse shout for man of the match in yeah. the game. you know what's I mean, funny about depaul is that like even though he can't make a successful final third pass to save his fucking life like no. every time he gets in a position there i'm all, in this tournament i'm so frustrated because i'm like yeah. no depaul no <laughs> And yet, he made such an impact today. He was, he, yeah, he was I think everywhere. He played maybe the best game of his career. To be Dude, fair. he was flying in the tackles. I have watched most of yeah. his career, yeah. but... I mean, he obviously had I mean, that's his job at Atletico, too, right? <laughs> and he had some incredible yeah. games at Udinese. But it wasn't even this role. Like, he was no. at Udinese, he was basically a left winger at yeah. times. And if not there, like a can and very yeah. much involved in the creativity. But since he moved to Atletico, this has been, like you said, his role at Atletico. He's really embraced mm-hmm. it. He has... Very much that like kind of dog and ball winning ability. Yeah, and I think that's what really helped shut down Mbappe during the during the first half, mm-hmm. um, and like like switch up because maybe he didn't expect the support from the mid Argentina midfield and thought he just would have like not well 
Modino. They should have after watching the Croatia game. Well, yeah. Yeah. The, if there was a tournament award for highest motor, it would go to Rodrigo DePaul. Mm. Should we give out like a? Should we make an award that's just the dog of the tournament? The dog. The dog. He's, got that, he's got the dog yeah. in it. Emmy Amrabat DePaul. Yeah. It's got to be your dog. final answer. The dog. We should have a little theme song. The dog. The dog. The dog. Is it just Dog the Bounty Hunters theme song? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that is correct. Um, I, let's also do our... Uh, I should, let's before all... we move on from DePaul, though, I do want to... Like, if you go to those stats sites that give the ratings, because mm-hmm. they're all based on measurable stats, it's right. not going to look very good. No, no, no. Like, I think on ThoughtMob, he has a 6.7, yeah. because he was 0 for 3 on dribbles. And <laughs> 0 for 3 of, on dribbles. <laughs> all, of his, all of his successful passes were just the short passes that he's right. making after he wins the ball back. But he also had... Five recoveries. He had a clearance. He had headed clearance. He won yeah, he seven ground duels. So like, <laughs> just all over taking the ball from people. What didn't he do? He was oh. fouled six times, and only committed two fouls, which for him is for him that's that's, that's, that's insane. No, one, one and them, one of them was a yellow. Yeah, one of them was a yellow. <laughs> no, I think I think it comes back to like the eye test, right? Mm-hmm. There's like players who like maybe do well based on stats, but are just not good. Yeah, like, there are players, and there are players like. Uh, who have the eye test and have ridiculous recovery stats, like right. like your boy Angolo, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> or like like Alfonso Davies or something, like, yeah, yeah, like passes the eye test and also has insane stats. Yeah, mm-hmm. I also want to give l- lots of shout outs here to Enzo mm-hmm. and McAllister. Let's do Enzo. He's one of the surprise stars of the tournament here. We didn't even think we none of us expected. I don't think him to be in the starting eleven at any point mm-hmm. in this tournament. No. Um, certainly not every match, and he completely controlled the pace of the game for those first seventy minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I had one. I had a fun Enzo stat. You guys fill in about Enzo while I grab my phone. Say oh, something. Keep it. Okay. Keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. Yeah, he attempted ninety-one passes today. That's crazy. That's a lot of passes. That's a lot of passes. That is a lot of passes. Yeah. He only they, he created one quote-unquote chance mm. out of those passes, but to take ninety-one passes and. He was playing deep. He was the deep midfielder most of the yeah. time, right? So I think that was it's pretty impressive that he was able to contribute so much from that role. Yeah. And when he did bomb forward, he was super dangerous. Right. You know, like linking with Lautaro for what ended up being the third goal for Messi. Here's some stats. He led all players for, yes, successful passes, 77. Mm-hmm. For touches, 118. And 10 tackles. Wow. 10 tackles? His 10 tackles were the most of any player in a World Cup final since... Gattuso in 06, who had 15. <laughs> that, that's, <up. laughs> that's a Gattuso. It's because he didn't do, probably didn't do anything else besides yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Speaking of the dog in the tournament. Yeah. 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 Um, Is that the generic Gattuso memorial? Whoa! X just threw a coat at me. And, and the coat did I not make that sound. <laughs> I, hit the, I hit the table while trying to catch the coat. Yeah. The table... I yeah, okay. Yeah. I think I think also this goes for the whole midfield, but especially Enzo Fernandez was very disciplined throughout this match. Mm-hmm. I, I love think, discipline. Do you like discipline? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I think he because he's not like traditionally like a like a deep like defensive midfielder, right? And so right. like and as we know, like he bombs forward, he can get the occasional goal. Um and so with Argentina not playing any like specifically defensive minded midfielder besides the ball mm-hmm. who's playing. They can all do it. They can all do they can all do a bit of everything except yeah. the ball who does one thing. But <laughs> But that's what yeah, that's what but the so ball can do. He can't like, yeah. he's just not asked he can to get put in a position to yeah. Yeah. but it's and it's cool like, to see 
I want I want to get to Scaloni a little right after this, but it's cool to see like a midfield three that wasn't established before the tournament at all. Yeah. End up being I hate this term, but really be learned to be like on a string. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they 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 interchange so well whenever as you said one goes forward. You know when during the goal where, you know Enzo, uh, pushes forward. You know mm-hmm. somebody's somebody's covering when McAllister's going forward. You know they 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 their connection for people who hadn't really played together that much yeah. is so impressive. Yeah. And I want to do a quick McAllister too. He throughout this tournament, I've been so impressed with him since mm-hmm. he started starting. Um, started starting. He keeps <laughs> he keeps popping up in like attacking areas out of nowhere. He makes these like sexy pep runs mm-hmm. from the eight position. Like in like in the second goal today, mm-hmm. um, all of a sudden he's like making that run in behind, and nobody and you know totally throws off the the numerical advantage. Um, and it's he's done that all the time. He scored. He's been really impressive. He's really gonna get bought by City. He's really gonna get bought, <laughs> he's gonna get bought by Chelsea, dude. <laughs> you kidding me? For Potter, Potter, more Potter love. So I want to make sure he gets his flowers as well. That whole midfield, bravo! Mm-hmm. And that leads us into Scaloni. Let's mm-hmm. do Scaloni. Because he deserves a credit, a lot of credit for so many things. Mm-hmm. For one, figuring out mid-turny that the midfield should end up looking the way it was. Because it's not how... I don't remember how they lined up against Saudi Arabia, but it was not that. And they blew it, and they're, I think they are pretty dead after that game. And credit to the locker room and to him for whipping them back into shape. Mm-hmm. And then adjusting tactically, obviously that change in the knockouts made a huge difference. And then... Uh, sorry, in the group stage. And then in the knockouts, they switched to a back five or a back three with wing backs against the Dutch because the Dutch biggest strength is the wing backs, Denzel Dumfries, etc. Daily Blind, even more important. Daily Blind, yeah. <laughs> they totally neutralized them. Um, so the Dutch had to start keeping balls long to make any difference, mm-hmm. which actually is the thing that ended up almost killing Argentina a number of times in this tournament, especially this time. It was working for Australia also in the round of 16. Um, and, you know, they then they switched to a 4-4-2, for the Croatia semifinal to neutralize the Croatian midfield worked like a charm. Mm-hmm. They did kind of a similar thing today with France with sort of a, the 4-4-2-4-3-3 blend that we talked about, um, which completely took Griezmann out of it. Um, we didn't see Shuameni make a huge difference mm-hmm. for maybe the first time in the tournament. Yeah. He was kind of absent. Um, I do think if I had net pick <laughs> that he should have gone to the back five um, in like yeah. the 70th minute or so. I agree. Because... As soon as France start, you have to anticipate France are going to start throwing more bodies forward, throwing balls longer. Yeah. And some, some, because it's something that did them in against both Australia and the Netherlands almost, mm-hmm. you'd think that being cognizant of that, you'd make some sort of reaction or, or, or you know, pre-precautionary move. Like, what bringing Lissandro in, even though he's infamously short, <laughs> bringing him on just for a physical presence. Yeah. Like... And I and I think, like the the last Kolomwani chance in extra time doesn't happen if he's on there. I don't think because because yeah. there's no one to like Romero has his side to worry about. If you have a fifth guy there, you have one, either Lissandro or Romero to cover on, yeah. on at any point on the wings or behind Otamendi doing something stupid. And I thought that might have been something they could consider to kill the game a little bit, um, but instead they kind of allowed. France to kick their way back into the game, boot their way back into the game. Yeah, I think as soon as he saw Di Maria out, he should just move to a back five because yeah, they're I bringing agree, on yeah. Acuna, so you don't 
need to make any other subs besides that. Yeah. Right. And you just put Acuna as your left wing back and have Talia Fico tuck in the more also, of a center back. Also role, true. Yeah, I, which he can do. I still yeah. wanted to see Lissandro yeah. today. Yeah, well, that, that allows right. you to then yeah. figure out which center back you want to take off for Lissandro. Yeah. yeah. Probably a little windy. But. but yeah. I think uh, also the callback. Um, they started with Kaku Gomez in that first game against Saudi Arabia Yeesh. with Di Maria on the right. And <laughs> Papa used to be so fun when he was on Atalanta. Uh, yeah, yeah. Now he sucks. And it was DePaul and Enzo Fernandez in like a new mm-hmm. double pivot okay. type thing, uh, which obviously did not work. Yeah, I think yeah, match. I think what we saw that in that match too was like a lack of ideas and imagination mm-hmm. once after they you know they dominated the first half, but then some men got very unlucky to go down two one. Yeah. But after that, when they had to break down a super deep line, who was also who was both or not deep line, excuse me, uh, a low block that's also playing a high line, yeah, meant they had to do something creative to sort of pick their way through, and it ended up just sort of being like five people in the forward line, yeah, and like, pe- like the defensive line, and nobody, there was no like, and I, I wouldn't have guessed that Alexis McAllister was the person to make that difference, but it right. wasn't so much him alone, but how they were able to sort They're of meld, meld, yeah. And yeah. fulfill and fill all the roles, sort of collectively. Um, but yeah, Flowers for Scaloni, what a tournament he's had! Yeah, brilliant great tournament what for a, a manager that hasn't coasted a coached an international tournament like yeah. this. What a four years for Scaloni, bro! Seriously. He's won he's won the Copa and the World Cup in like eighteen months. <laughs> yep. He has to go down and the and the Finalissima. And the Finalissima. The which is the real important yeah. tournament. Yeah, yeah, because we all know the Euros. Is you might want to forget about that. The World <laughs> Cup. You might want so, to forget about that one. No, we got to play in it, unlike yeah. every other European country. <laughs> Adam. Yeah, because yeah, we won yeah. the most difficult tournament <laughs> in the world. <laughs> uh, and I think it also... also That's why Argent- helping you take a break from the world. The coll- yeah, 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 yeah. You're jazzed. Yeah. Yeah, also, yeah. the collective Argentina mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, can't say enough about it, even though they continue to blow leads. <laughs> they, they, I can't believe they had... The energy and the wherewithal and the the calmness to figure their shit out yeah. after blowing that lead, mm-hmm. carrying it in extra time, and then coming out extra time, the better side again, mm-hmm. was really impressive, even though they blew that lead too. <laughs> well, then to go to penalties and make every single penalty after blowing two leads. I know, right? Yes. Yeah. And what, what this reminds me of of no, the Chicago no, Cubs. No. 2016 Stop. World Champions. Stop. I don't care what you say. Stop. Uh, to overcome a curse... Again, this Argentina curse, nothing like mm-hmm. the You oh, you have to things. It, it kind of felt like watching the game that Argentina had to make things as difficult as humanly possible to like overcome. You know what? And this is a good thing for England to know. Wait, is wait, that, they're trying to do that. They hired Southgate again. Yeah. Uh, are, does this also mean that we're uh, equating uh, Cleveland, Ohio, to the country of France? Yes. Making Argentina the Chicago of the world. Correct. <laughs> okay. Um, or at least, or at least France three quarters of the city that are Cubs fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. France being Cleveland does bring each other. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We found common ground. We found common ground. Yeah. Um, GM Mbappe. Yeah, let's 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 keep going here. Huh? Yeah. Let's keep going here. We've covered all these things. Let's go to let's go to a section we're gonna call classic ESPN stats from ESPN. Yeah. David, go for it. So this is David's I went, segment. I went on to ESPN. They had an article about your, their favorite stats from the World Cup. And as someone who watches a lot of baseball on ESPN, I love. Ironically, love. I think should be what I said. Mm-hmm. There's stats that are like he becomes the first player to hit a home run on the 17th pitch of the third at bat of the third inning <laughs> on August 14th in the rain. 
So these were some stats that kind of felt like that. Um, the first one is that it, actually this one just surprised me. It's Messi's first goal in this game was the first goal or assist he has ever recorded in a final for, for any final for Argentina. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which Did is not what? have one in the Copa America. No, no, it was. Di Maria. Oh, yeah. Di Maria. Mm. Speaking of Di Maria. Yeah, we did. Di Maria's goal and Messi's goal. They become the uh, only, two of the only four players to score at a World Cup while being 34 or in a World Cup final while being 34 or older. No way. The others are Niels Lindholm in 1958. One of the best best goal scorers of all time. You know, he's Milan's all-time leading goal scorer, which kind of puts it in perspective how prolific. It was also it was the 50s, so people scored a lot of goals. Yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah. There wasn't this thing called offside. <laughs> and then Zinedine Zidane in 2006, before mm. he brutally assaulted. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> totally, deserved. Yeah. totally deserved. <laughs> he totally deserved. Totally deserved. murdered Matarazzi. Yeah. Fully deserved. Just a disgusting act. Fully deserved. <laughs> and was well punished for it by losing the World Cup and getting a red Holy card. Holy deserved. Deserved to be criticized for it at every moment. <laughs> <laughs> Better player than Materazzi could ever hope to dream of to be. Materazzi was a very good He was player. fine. Materazzi won a treble. Did but I see here he that Lionel Messi is the second oldest man to score in a World Cup final? Yes. Well, that's fun. Only behind. More stats, please. Niels Lindholm. Kylian <laughs> uh, Mbappe was only the second man to score in back-to-back World Cup finals. Wow. Um, How about women? It was, um, that's why I said second man. You didn't do the stats for the women, huh? No, because this is the Men's World Cup it's a fucking stats. sexist pig, <laughs> this guy. Uh, the other, only other one was on Brazil in 1958 and 1962. And Adam, since you're not looking at the notes, you have a guess of who it might be? Wait, 58 and 62, famous player played on those teams. I wouldn't have gotten this. Uh, and it's not Pele. Think ah, dang, that was true. I was hoping to get you to say Pele. <laughs> I don't was, think you'll get it, but his name's kind of fun. Think, Wait, think, uh, what country does he play for? Brazil. Brazil. Um, Ronald Dinho. Ronald Dinho. Ronald It was Baba. Baba. I was about to say, think like. Yeah, that's exactly. I was about to think, think sexual predator. Not, not you, Baba. Probably, although probably everybody was. Speaking of Mbappe becoming the second man to do anything in a World Cup final, he's the second man to score a hat trick in the World Cup final. Only Jeff Hurst. In 1966, mm. because everything can be tied back to 1966. <laughs> Who did Jeff Hurst play for? That sounds like an American. He was English. Ah, yeah. yeah. Um, Lautaro Martinez, his introduction meant that each of the last 11 World Cup finals have featured both a player from Inter and from Bayern Munich. Wowie, mm. wowie. And now Messi has Bubba won boom. <laughs> every competition he's played in except for one. Which is... The Coupe de France. Ah. <laughs> it's still time for that. The most I gotta important say, trophy. For ESPN, some of those were pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, not all of them, but some of them. them. Um, yeah, you got one more for oh, us. Oh yeah, though. the most important stat of all is that this is the... <laughs> <laughs> it's a little dog toy. Is that Max Sweet the dog toy? <laughs> that wasn't me, it was Adam. <laughs> uh, Amateur. <laughs> the most important stat is that this is the first time an active MLS player has won a World Cup. USA, USA. We believe that we will sit on the bench. We believe that we will sit on the bench. Sit on the bench of the World Cup. How many minutes did Tiago Almada play this World Cup? Like eight. Negative. Yeah, that's what my thought was. Eight. He played any? Yeah, he. Good for him. I think he got in in the Poland game. It would be funny. It would be funny if you had to play to 
you had to like feature in a game to get a medal. Oh, well, that would be so mean. There are the, aren't those there? There are those rules about is it the Champions League that you mm-hmm. know, or Premier you have to feature for to both some, of those, yeah, yeah, for leagues and for there's Champions a cutoff League, for how much you have to feature some, yeah. like at some point. Yeah. Um, so I just want to do before we start wrapping this up, I want to do a couple of parting words for various things. Mm-hmm. First, let's do the tournament as a whole. Um, you have some more fun stats for us and stuff, David. Oh, I do. This was the highest scoring World Cup of all time. By one goal. By one goal. Mm. So By, because of the goal. last handball, it became yeah. the highest scoring World Cup. So as much as we didn't want it to be in Qatar and we were a little like reluctant to fully commit and watch it and be like super impassioned by it, it was a highly entertaining World Cup. Probably the best football-based World Cup of all time. Yeah. And certainly the worst, well, one of the worst uh, political World Cups of all yeah. time. Mm-hmm. After only Mussolini Italy, and mm-hmm. maybe before, and uh, the, yeah, the and after the Argentine coup. And in 1978 in the 70s, yeah. Those yeah. are the three. And you could argue Russia. And Russia <laughs> is a... Is a Close yeah. fourth, probably. Well, Russia were like at the time they were yeah, they just invaded, like a normal bad Russia. I mean, they, they did. Like, I mean, they did invade Ukraine before, yeah. but it was Crimea. <laughs> yeah, that was a different thing. Totally different. Yeah, um, they didn't wage war on the whole country. Yeah. <laughs> but I do, I do not really like admitting this, but I think it benefited from being in the winter. I think mm-hmm. it worked really well with players being in form and like actively playing so they're coming in they're ready to go that like, said, we'll see how it affects the club season after yeah i think it could have a disastrous effect on the club season or the european clubs yeah, but this is true. you know a lot of the south american clubs they are in their break the mexican yeah. clubs are in their break the american clubs are in their break yeah, but i don't know leagues. about the east asian leagues i don't know when they fuck do those leagues competitions I but yeah, another problem another issue though is that now for for the viewer i mean First of all, more people have work. Second of all, uh, now that... people have work or do we just now have work? Because we have been in school for every other World Cup. But but now now that the club season returns, I think it's hard on the viewer to so quickly flip your brain Mm -hmm. from one to another. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's so nice about the summer too is you have like a break. You have a month Well, we could have a break afterwards if England weren't being kind of... (laughs) But for the players... about being, we have to play on Boxing Day. For the players and the viewers, it's like kind of a mind fuck and I wonder Mm -hmm. what effect that will have. But that's for a later conversation. But it is, it's like, I think JJ Bowl said this on the TIFO podcast. Love you, JJ. It's kind of nice to be reminded that the Western world isn't the only place that plays yeah. football. Like true. there's Middle Eastern countries that are really passionate about it. There's South American countries that are really passionate about it. There's Asian countries that are really passionate Asian about it. Asian countries too? Yeah. They Whoa. exist. I don't know if you knew this, but Asia is a continent with a lot of people on it. No way. How yeah. many? Uh, more than 2 billion. <laughs> I know that for a fact. <laughs> Pasha. Uh, but so it is like, you know, it's good to remind ourselves that it doesn't just revolve around Europe, even though like, from the U.S., it feels like it does because yeah. we pay so much attention to the European leagues. Mm-hmm. We all, most people in the U.S. tend to support a country that their ancestors come from in addition to supporting the U.S. So it's like, you know. Speed and... <laughs> we don't have any ancestors. Yeah, this is true. I want to say a, a final fuck you to Qatar yeah. as a country and maybe not all the people but some of the people yeah but mostly the, the mostly the government the people who run it um yeah we want to and we also the actual people in particular want to give a special shout out to our friends at fox sports 
two huge middle fingers way up. Yeah. The worst coverage in the history of the World Cup. Mm-hmm. It was pathetic. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. we, they, we, they cut away before they lifted the trophy yeah. to go watch football. football. Because, because sorry. That's because the <laughs> Jags, I'm really passionate about the Jags are the better than any other team in the world. Mm-hmm. They're the most valued franchise. Well, once they move to London, they will be. Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah. <laughs> Does somebody want to detail the uh, when the Alexi Laws and Stu Holden put on the local garb and hosted the I Love Qatar dot com CEO yes. on live that's, TV the other day? I don't want to detail it because I, I think that's given. It... That's enough detail. That's, yeah. That's all the detail we. It's pathetic. Need yeah. It's, it's fucking pathetic. And pathetic. I think they're trying to be pathetic. They're trying to get people like us. To sit here and talk yeah. about it and watch it and think about it. I don't think they're trying to be pathetic. I think, I think they are. I think, I think they, they have no fucking clue. I think they are fully leaning into it to yeah. get viewers and clicks on their stuff and engagement because yeah. controversy breeds engagement. And we need to start saying more controversy. It's like the podcast. ESPN FC Twitter account. Yeah. They like, just made they they tweet for engagement and not for which of these players is the best? And it'll be like R9, Cristiano Ronaldo, and like Gary Neville. And it's like <laughs> Gary Neville's a very good player, but everyone knows he's not. It's like uh, one of the five best of all time, and so it's going to get people to comment on and be like, yeah. how could you partially put him here? Yeah. The worst news is that Fox also has the 2026 broadcast. But Telemundo, Telemundo yeah. has... Time to bone up on your Spanish, baby. We got four years to learn, three and a half years to learn <laughs> yeah. Spanish. And it's going to be even more annoying because it's going to be here. Yeah, so. at least we can you know try to skip it out by going to some of the games yeah. and ignore the commentary because yeah. we'll be In Monterey. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's do some. Let's wrap up some shit here. Yeah. Because um, we gotta get going, Adam. Yeah. Um, oh, you guys gotta go to dinner. Yeah, yeah we gotta yeah, go to dinner. So let's dinner. say, where, where do you think this? Uh, where do you think this game ranks all time? I say best ever. I think uh, for me, it's the second best of all time because mm-hmm. I gotta watch Italy win a World Cup and then. Yay! Woohoo! Lottie fucking duh. I would say probably the yeah the greatest. Hard to think of another one. Yeah. That's international stage at least. I like, I like as as maybe recognized earlier. I like to differ between greatest and best, but I think it was the yeah. greatest. Well, yeah, yeah well said. Because yeah. in terms of best, like it only you can only make an argument for best. I think from like the seventy fifth minute on, because Argentina was in complete control for the first seventy, yeah. and it looked like done deal. Right. But those last 45, 50 minutes were absolute chaos. Yeah. Is Messi better than Ronaldo? Yes. Where does this Argentina oh, team rank? Where does this Argentina team rank in terms of World Cup champions? That's a tough one. Because yeah. then I have to think about all the World Cup champions. Mm-hmm. I think that France 98 team was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, Brazil 2002 Brazil was really 2002 good. was really good. Italy 94 works. Or uh, when, when 19, they did uh, 86. Yeah. To say. Uh, Brazil 94 uh, were exceptional too. Um, um, the the two Dutch teams that were better than the teams they lost to yeah. in the final <laughs> in I the seventies. <laughs> I think this probably Pele Brazil's were probably up, probably deserve a share. I guess it go down a lot like the eighty six team for Argentina and a little undeservedly so because mm. I think it's a better all around team. But I think people are gonna go back and look at it and be like, oh, it was Messi taking a not so great Argentina team to yeah, the final. Right. Yeah. This is a team that has really good players on, but. But we've talked about this on the pub before, so I won't belabor it. But I think that they're like elite stars. You know, yeah, yeah. You look at other. There are more on other national teams, like France, for instance, has more star, quote unquote, like team yeah. team. Like who's going to be on if the if the national teams were movies, they'd be on the poster. You know, yeah. yeah. Who's going to be on the poster with Argentina? Emmy Emmy Martinez, who plays for Aston Villa. Yeah. yeah. Lautaro Martinez wasn't even starting lineup. 
Yeah, I, was, I mean, I, he was easily their second most well-known Maltaro. Yeah, Julian Alvarez is on City, to be fair, but yeah, he's but he playing behind Holland. Yeah. yeah, so he's a backup on City. Anyway, I don't again. I said again, I don't want to belabor that point, but I think I think that point is valid. That yeah. maybe in the over the course of history, it's overlooked that 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 factor. I think from a yeah. team standpoint, like as a whole team, I think they rank near the top for me because I think it does generally take a team to win a World Cup. Mm-hmm. I think, in terms of key, team accomplishment, yeah, rather team than individual quality, yeah. Another one so. we ignored so far is the 2014 Germany was quite a good, quite oh, a yes, good group of players. players. Yeah, and Spain right before them in and 2010. Spain. Yeah, yeah. I think, and even France I think 2018. Me, I think that France team. I don't see Spain 2010 was, would be pretty high. Yeah, I I would say 98 France team was France good. And France team was good. 2002 good. Brazil are the top two for me, at least in the modern age. Yeah, I think it's hard to compare the teams. It is hard. From yeah. the mid nineteen hundreds, Pelé's preferable to yeah. <laughs> um, but I think, in terms of star power, that two thousand two Brazil team is outrageous. It's outrageous, um, yeah. And I think the twenty ten Spain team might be my second choice. Yeah, I mean those guys are ridiculous. I think I would put the twenty ten Spain team over the Brazil team, but it's not Possibly. for anything because of Brazil not being better, or, mm-hmm. but just because you just think of two thousand two, yeah, and you think of the South Korea games, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. You think of their games against Italy and Spain, I think, before you think of Brazil winning. Mm. And so, you know, Spain, you think of the tiki-taka football taking over the world. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Huge. Just, the, in terms of cultural impact that that had, it was immense. Oh, yeah. Spain dominated football on club and uh, national stage mm-hmm. for, for years. Yeah. So... Until 2014, like 2008, 2014, they, like, reinvented the, mm-hmm. the state yeah. of world football. Anyway, we're getting way off track here. Let's do... You want to do some player awards? Yeah, yeah, so we it's a good conversation though. Actually, maybe yeah. one if we could have at another time. Yeah, in more detail, kind of dig a little deeper and yeah. like actually go back and watch some of the older ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so just the actual awards, I can read them out. Are the Golden Ball went predictably to Lionel Messi because he won. Congratulations, Leo. Shocker. He's the first player. Yeah, to win, first player to win two. Yay! And, uh, silver Ball, Kylian Mbappe, and the Bronze Ball. Bit of a surprise was Luka Modric. Golden yeah, boot. not that surprising. Met the semis. Yeah. But was, I thought... Yeah, no, they love Luca. Yeah. Uh, golden boot went to Killian with eight goals. Silver boot was Lionel Messi with seven. And the bronze boot was Olivier Giroud because he played less minutes than Julian Alvarez. <laughs> wow. What if they've played the same amount of minutes? Does assists. Does it go to fair play? I think it goes with no, assists. No, the assist is first. They neither yeah, of them have okay. assist. Classic. Um, so Julian could have had an assist. And fair play. Yeah. <laughs> Julian is unlucky not to have an assist. Yeah. The Golden Glove went to Emiliano Martinez. The Young Player Award went to Enzo Fernandez. And the FIFA Fair Play Trophy, it's coming home. It's, it's coming, coming home. home. Hey. FIFA Fair Play still gleaming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't remember how what we picked originally, but you want to do our awards? Yeah, so... I don't know who we predicted, but I don't give a shit. Um, yeah, oh. Golden Ball Award. I believe I predicted Griezmann to win the Golden Ball Award. Oh, and for me, he was in the conversation until today. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I thought he was probably my third. He was probably my Mm -hmm. bronze ball winner until today's performance. Who do you have? Um, I have Messi winning my golden ball. And you? I also have. Pretty sure. Well, we disagree on this one. I'm going to take Matthew Lecky. Let's go to the let's go go to silver ball, David. I went with Mbappe. I think I said Emmy Martinez, but I don't know. You did. Sure. I'm going to go with Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, man. <laughs> really good. Hot, really good this tournament. Only hot takes. <laughs> really good this tournament. And the bronze ball, your third best player. This one, I went with uh, Sugan Amrabat mm. from Morocco. 
Love it. He was a dog of the tournament. He had a great showing. Oh, dog of the tournament. Hashtag dog of the tournament. And you? I think I put Mbappe, didn't yes. I? Yep. Uh, I had uh, Lucas Hernandez. <laughs> he played a really, really good, <laughs> the first really good nine minutes, minutes Yeah. yeah uh, against good, Australia. Good nine minutes by allowing a goal. Yep. <laughs> and immediately got injured. I think he did well. But the injury um, allowed... This one's for him, yeah. It allowed France to thrive. Golden Glove? Um... Adam, you want to go first? Because oh, I think sure. is probably... Yeah, I mean, I think... I, I, yeah, Emmy definitely, but strong strong second for, for Bono of Morocco, both because everyone fell in love with him, but also because I think he had, like, had some, like, iffy spells at Sevilla over the past couple of seasons. I don't know how he's been doing this season, but I think he had a really great tournament, and it could earn him a move to maybe a slightly better place. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think those are two very good shots. I went with Lloris because I was his performances. I think before the final, before the mm. penalty shootout, mm. were exceptional. Mm-hmm. And then wrong again. I think it's just hard to ignore. Casper Schmeichel. <laughs> <laughs> Young player award. Actually, Alphonse Ariola. Young player award. Um, I don't know. Hey Jude. Oh, I did say Jude Bellingham. Yeah, uh-huh. it's got to be Jude Bellingham for me. But strong second to who did I say? Uh, don't remember, but Jude Bellingham, outstanding, lost that England team, deserved it. I went with Enzo Fernandez. I thought mm. they got this one right. I think yeah, hard to disagree. With Alvarez that. was another really good mm. shout from yeah. Argentina and could have won it. Hard to disagree with that. Uh, unfortunately, I have to because the clear answer is Pedri, as it always is. Pedri, Pedri, <laughs> surprise! It's, it's Gavi now. Actually. It's Gavi. No, yeah. no, it's never Gavi. It's Pedri. Gavi surprise team of the tournament. Morocco. Is there any doubt? Yeah, well, I'm sure be. we're all in agreement here. It has to be Morocco. Not Serbia. Okay. <laughs> but for the wrong reasons. <laughs> for the wrong reasons. They surprised the shit out of me. <laughs> well, I thought we had a disappointing look. We disappointing did. I, Max is... <laughs> I'm off the rails. <laughs> Biggest Max disappointment? Own thing right now. Uh, it's gotta be... I say the dark horses. I like this take. Including Canada and... Uh, Denmark? Denmark. Because I think... Serbia? I think... Yeah, so, like they're all the all, all the, the team, of, like yeah. mid tier exactly, teams yeah. that you think could like take a shout. Canada had the momentum, in my yeah. opinion, and Denmark post like Euro twenty twenty, but in twenty twenty one, I think like captured the heart of everyone. So we're like, they're gonna fucking do it, and then they absolutely should. Also, yeah, they're just good, man. Shane. Yeah, I Denmark singled out. Yeah, mind, but. I'm gonna have to say Argentina because of all the leads they blew. It's yeah, terrible. It, terrible was, it wasn't a good win. <laughs> terrible from them. So many leads. Right, what about you guys, manager of the tournament? I feel like there's an obvious one that everybody was excited about. Yeah. His performance. And who might that be, Adam? Adam, uh, you wrote him down. Wahid Regragui. Yeah, I don't think yeah, that's right. Yeah, probably but not. But Wahid Gregory. 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 Regragui. Regragui. I tried to look at the, pr- the pr- pronunciation on Wikipedia. I don't know how to read phonetic spelling. So, uh, <laughs> if he ever listens to this, I apologize. Yeah, you're a great, please, you're a great manager. We want you. Please send in we'll take an audio you. clip of you saying your name so we don't yeah. butcher it again. We would love to be able to get it. Correct. You shouldn't have to do that work. <laughs> that Just be. post it on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I went with Didier Deschamps. I thought he did a great job of making in-game changes, and he was given a really tough blow early on in the tournament. So many tough blows. His left back. And so many tough blows before the tournament. Yeah, and having to adapt without any of his central midfielders that would likely have started. And, you know, being so scared of Rabiot's mom that he can't put him on the bench. Yeah. Like, and I think 
and Cuckoo, arguably, maybe could have been the the back the the second option if Giroud is not working well. Yeah, yeah. Um, you could you definitely wanted Nkunku to be to be around, especially once they could have really used him. Yeah. could have really used him. Yeah. Um, I think if I think Scaloni is my second place choice, but mm-hmm. first is going to be Qatar's Felix Sanchez, <laughs> the Spanish international. <laughs> Um, really, I mean, the boys fought hard out there. <laughs> really did their country proud. <laughs> finally, uh, this isn't a word we invented here at the Any Given Thursday podcast. It's the James Rodriguez Memorial Breakout Star of the Tournament. Um, for, uh, someone, which we're gonna, you know, put on a piece of paper and send to somebody. Yeah, we're gonna try to print it out. And send it, mail it to Maybe get an them. actual award yeah. that we can mail to the club mm-hmm. to give to them. Yep, 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 yep. Be a bust of us. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, a bust of our busts. Yeah, a bust of our busts. Um, yeah, and it's the probably the player that's most likely, in, in other terms, to be sold for way too much money. Mm-hmm. Not that they don't deserve it, but they probably don't deserve it. Yeah. Um, so, David, you want to go first? Yeah, I think mine is... Uh, Syria's circle jerk continues? It, it will, always. Um, <laughs> it's Sufjan Hammerbad because, I mean, he just put in a great performance. He looked really, really good. Um, he has said he wants to stay at Fiorentina, so we'll see if he does get that big money move. But, you know, I've seen links to Liverpool, Chelsea. Yeah, they're flying around. Newcastle. They're flying like, around. I would rather stay in Florence than all of those places. Yes. So it's like, <laughs> like, the thought of, like, going to, like, Newcastle, Newcastle. or Liverpool or whatever instead of being in Florence, fucking Italy. Yeah, the like, facilities yeah. are bad, but the city is oh so nice. <laughs> the city is oh so nice. Oh, so nice. I'd rather go play for Venezia in Serie B. Like, yeah. <laughs> and Adam, who do you have? Um, I have, uh, I I had to choose between two people, so Cody Gakpo and Gonzalo Ramos, but I think Gonzalo Ramos... The answer is Cody Gakpo. I think, I think (laughs) Gonzalo Ramos... Gonzalo Ramos played, like, one one and a half games. Yeah, but he had, like, four goals. (laughs) Whatever, they were gonna win anyway. Yeah, but I think... Cody Gakpo was great. But I think everyone freaked out about him. Wrong. And so, I think, I think the Ramos could still be... Everybody freaked out about Ramos after the Switzerland game. They didn't have, like, he had, like, two touches in the the Morocco game. Um, I think the answer, you guys are stupid, because the answer is Kylian Mbappe. (laughs) He's only 23, (laughs) and he was the Golden Boot winner. It's obvious. He could go for a lot of money. Yeah. But honestly, I just want to give a shout-out to Gabardiol, too, in all seriousness. He's Mm -hmm. probably the one that will go for the most money after this. I, I mean, yes, he will. But he's also already like at Leipzig. Yeah, like, I know. He's at a he's at a pretty big. Club yeah, but people, already. but teams are already circling him in the summer. Like Tottenham was rumored to be trying to get him. Like well, he's gonna go next summer. Nah, but now they can't afford him. He's gonna go next summer probably. He's but, too expensive for. Yep, he now is. Yeah, well, luckily, Mac- Messi great. dragged him back Messi down. Messi dragged to him back down to eighty. Yeah, to eighty. Phew. Still <laughs> <laughs> too expensive. Yeah. Them. Um. Well, you have to split it up between ten different players. Ladies and gentlemen, everyone else. That's been our coverage of the FIFA World Cup. Yeah. Um, we did it. We made it. It was extensive. It was brilliant. This, I think, is our best ever episode by far. Um, so I'm, thank you for making it to the yeah. end. Um, do you have any closing thoughts? Uh, it's, been, it's been a lot of fun covering the tournament. Yeah. Let's not do one in the winter again, though. Let's not. I like summer. Yeah, I like summer. I like being able to watch the games during the... <laughs> maybe not during the workday. Well, what's yeah. fun is next in 2026, they're going to be at night. Ooh. And late afternoon, they're gonna be in our actual. Which means time. I can like you know drink and not feel like I know. shit. You know what's interesting? Because yeah. I don't watch a lot of MLS, so it's like all my whole football landscape is like based on morning and early afternoon. Oh, yeah. So unless special occasion like today, I'll never go to a pub and have a beer yeah. during a game. So it's gonna be this weird thing where all the football comes to us, 
and it's flipped onto our normal American sports schedule, like right. a little bunch of basketball or whatever, or football, American football. Oh, it's going to conflict with the NBA Finals in June. Oh, well, uh, you know what? Never mind. Cancel Put it in the, the winter. Cancel the tournament. Uh, barely will. The NBA Finals will, it'll end like the first week of the tournament, I think. Oh. So not such a big deal. For a normal cycle, anyway. Well, um, and in terms of any given Thursday stuff, uh, we're going to take a couple of weeks off here because there's a lot of coverage we've done recently. What about the Carabao um, Cup? We, talk, we don't talk about the Carabao Cup on this podcast. We talk it's about on, two on, things and two things Thursday, only. Though. The Europa League and the Conference League and apparently major international tournament. <laughs> so we will be back in the new year in a couple of weeks. We'll have some special new content for you in the in the month leading up to more Europa and Conference League football. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, maybe a club preview, a couple club previews, with some special stuff. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Look out on the Tweety machine if Twitter still exists. If not, we'll be on Instagram. Yeah, or whatever um, new version of Twitter there is. Yeah, that is in a bar right echo chamber. <laughs> Follow us on Twitch, which is stream reading service that we don't have yet. Yeah. Um, but and you know what? I think that's it. Adam, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. David, you want to wrap us up here? Yeah, as always, remember this one simple phrase. It'll do you a lot of good in your life. You'll go a long way. Cheers to the gaffer. Cheers to the international gaffer.